Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We may sing again in a minute. But could you turn, all of you, if you've got your Bibles, please, First Peter chapter 5. First Peter. First Peter chapter 5. We briefly, we had a little look at this last week. Um... I think we're going to take a little look again tonight. First Peter chapter 5 and verse... Where should we go from? Um, dum, 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 dum. First Peter chapter 5, and we'll read from verse 5 through to verse 11. Perhaps we could read it all together. Together, if we've got different versions, don't worry about it. <laughs> God knows. <laughs> okay, so um, have you all found it? Yeah. yeah. So let's start at verse 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory, by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I thought we'd have another little look at this tonight. How's your faith doing? Hmm. Good. Good. It says here, there's just a little bit that said, um, resist him, steadfast in the faith. How's your faith doing? Where does faith grow? Times of trouble. Yeah? the word yeah what does God want to do in us he wants our faith to grow it said here that um, in verse 10 but may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory 
by Christ Jesus after you have suffered a while. Carol's answer, the first answer, was, was a good answer. After you've suffered a while, what happens to our faith? He says, he will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. And he's talking about our faith. After we've suffered a while. I just wrote down a few things from, um, a, from a few different sources. True faith is found in the low places. In the valley. Where it's darkest. Um, as is often the case. And Rob talked about the storm, didn't he, on Sunday morning. The strength of the storm reveals the status of our faith. Yeah? You know, the mountaintop doesn't reveal that. Never has. But the strength of the storm that comes into our lives at any given time will reveal to our hearts just where, we are, where we're at when it comes to faith. And as we saw with the disciples, the more the, the storm raged, the more their faith was flagging. They forgot, didn't they, that Jesus himself was in the boat. And the same Jesus is in our boat today. Yeah? Amen. The same Jesus is in our boat. Okay, so... Um, Something else about faith, not only does it survive in difficult seasons, but it actually thrives in difficult seasons. But we would never know that unless we suffered a bit. Yeah, unless we struggled a bit, unless we had some questions, unless, and, and I know as I'm saying it, it's so easy to say, but it is reality, isn't it? Yeah? Um, not only does it survive, and that has to be, all glory has to go to God for that. It's his grace, yeah? Because where, where would we be without his grace in our lives? We would sink, wouldn't we, every one of us, yeah? Faith is also talked as, about as enduring faith. A faith that can, in, can withstand the inevitable storms of life. It, it, it's something that in the good days, we need to be developing. Faith is likened to a muscle. Yeah? My muscle. Well, please God, not like this muscle. <laughs> but, you know, muscles need to be built, don't they? They need to be strengthened and... Um, they tell me <laughs> at the gym <laughs> that that's quite a vigorous, painful thing to strengthen those muscles, yeah? Um, and yet, if we're to have faith that endures, we've got to strengthen those muscles, haven't we, of faith? And this scripture reveals it, and many other scriptures through the word reveals that God absolutely wants to use suffering to build our faith. That's God's heart. 100% 
absolutely, without a shadow of doubt, he wants the all-suffering that we experience as the believer in this life is going to build us. Yeah? It says, doesn't it, that um, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. That's what the God of all grace, who's called us to his eternal glory, yeah, in Christ Jesus, wants to do in you and me. Yeah? He wants to perfect us, settle it, settle our hearts, settle our faith. He wants us to be so sure that our roots and our foundation, yeah, are in, in, in him. Um, do you know, it's an amazing truth that when we understand that God is with us, working on our behalf, helping to build our faith, when we, we understand that, we understand that he is doing everything in his power to make sure that our faith does not fail. Yeah? That's his heart. That's his, um, that's his, his love for us. Um, that's how much he cares about us. Yet they can be some of the loneliest times in our life. It feels that way, doesn't it? When we are walking a path of suffering, whatever that might look like, um, at any given time in our lives. Julie, I've just realised that I've given, I'm doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You said do a bit of both. I'm doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. <laughs> There's a song in there, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. <laughs> anyway, it does all blend in together because, you know, um, as you're preparing a word, you, you find your own self... Um, bringing things out that you know that God is working through you, don't you? At any given time and at any given moment. And so there will be a mixture. There'll be a mish mishmash of things that um, the Spirit of God is speaking to us at any, any moment in time. And so why have I brought us back to 1 Peter chapter 5 and those few verses that we've read? I'm going to read the verses to you in the amplified version. If Godfrey was, was here, he'd, he'd love this because he really does love the amplified version. And um, it is good because it, it, it expands it. It tells us a bit more. And it's really quite helpful, especially if we don't understand a scripture. It's sometimes good to go to the amplified version and read what it says. And those same verses in the amplified say this. Therefore, humble yourselves, demote, lower yourselves in your own estimation under the mighty hand of God, that he in due time may exalt you, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately, and he cares about you, Watchfully, be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times. For that enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a lion roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Withstand him. Be firm in faith against his onset, rooted established, strong, immovable, 
and determined, knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to your brotherhood, the whole body of Christ throughout the world. I don't know about you, but I've walked through some times of suffering and thought I was all alone. How can anybody know? Nobody's got it as bad as what I got. Yeah? And we can look and we can think, but actually the word clearly says we're never, we're never alone because Jesus is with us, but actually there are others suffering. Yeah? The suffering or the reason for that suffering may look different, but suffering is suffering, isn't it? it it's not a competition. At any given time, we could be walking through something. And in here... Peter's sort of saying, take heart, you're not in this all by yourself. Because the whole body of Christ throughout the world will experience these things. But after you've suffered a little while, I like I liked the little while. Because when you're in something, it feels like it's not a little while, does it? It feels like an eternity. But I love, after you've been in this for a little while, after you've suffered a little while. And, and I guess the comparison is in the light of eternity. Yeah? Not in the light of, 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 of now, the temporal things of this life, but in the light of eternity, in a little while. In a little while, the God of all grace who imparts all blessing and favor. I just love how that is put in there because as you walk a road of suffering and a road of trial, Believe me, there's blessing in favor. There's God's grace that's poured out. We can see his goodness in spite of, even though, yeah? The God of all grace who imparts all blessing in favor, who has called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will himself complete and make you what you ought to be established and grounded securely and strengthened and he will settle you to him be the dominion power authority rule forever and ever amen so be it amen just you know that the um the truths and the lessons and the feeding to our very souls that are just in those few verses, if we will take them and eat them and breathe them and meditate on them, will bless our lives. So why, why have I sensed to come back here tonight? And I, I believe that we are in a, um, an interesting season in this church. Um, I believe that um, there are... Um, struggles and things that are going on that um, people are being weakened in. And God, we've read tonight, wants to strengthen, settle us, and perfect us. Yeah? But if you noticed in that same few verses that I've brought to you tonight, it talks about the enemy of our soul, doesn't it? And whilst we don't want to give him too much credit, we must understand he's real. Because some believers don't believe in the reality of the enemy of our soul. Yet this clearly tells us that for that enemy of yours, the devil roams around like a lion roaring. He is fierce. 
We've been given a picture, yeah? And, and um, y- you know, I think we need to believe the picture that we've been given. Some try to dilute it, yeah? I've heard believers try to dilute it. But I think if we are given a reference of what the enemy of our soul is like, then in the same chapter that we read how good our God is and what he is like, then we best be believing that we have an enemy that is like a roaring lion. And he's hungry. And he's always hungry. And he's never not hungry. Okay? Seeking whom he may devour. And I'm not suggesting that we, um, like some do, see Satan behind every bush, although he possibly is. But you know what I'm saying? There are some believers that will say in everything, oh, that's the enemy, that's, that, that's Satan, that's that. And sometimes it just isn't. It is life. Yeah? Yeah? So we got to be balanced. And it said this in the, um, the verses, I believe, that I read, be vig- vigilant and cautious um, and to withstand him. And I said this somewhere... Be well balanced. And I I think that is a brilliant description when it comes to the, um, our thoughts and our thinking regarding the enemy. Be well balanced. You know, measure scripture against scripture. Yeah? Um, And the word of God would want us to be well-balanced in all things because it is so easily um, done. I've done it my own self in my life. Become out of balance. And then we can bring ourselves into error. Praise God for the Spirit of God who brings us and leads us in all truth. I loved again at the beginning of this scripture how we are exhorted to humble ourselves. Lower yourself, demote yourself, bring yourself into a position. Don't think yourself better or wiser than God. Don't think yourself better or wiser than the enemy. We do, though, sometimes. But I believe it gets us into trouble. Read what the word says, but be in balance. Then it tells us to cast. um, It talks about us being um, humble. It talks about being submitted. And we know what the word says, that when we submit to God, yeah, then resist the devil and he will flee. But notice the order. This is submission to God's power, God's authority, God's goodness, God's favor before we um, go into anything else. Even um, Paul, um, and and Rob touched on this, and I touched on it last week as well, and I think this is what I felt tonight. We touched a bit here, and we touched on a bit there, but I just wanted to bring some clarity, because I believe it will help us in the 
season that we're finding ourselves in. Um, now, I'm not suggesting that um, the enemy's behind every bush, but I did smile to myself tonight when text message after text message after text message came through, all saying, I'm feeling under par. I'm feeling a little bit below. And I do think there are occasions in our lives when we need to, and I'm not suggesting and I'm not in judgment of these people, I'm talking now about my own self, when there are occasions when I think, oh, I'm just too tired to do that, or I'm just whatever. And sometimes I feel a prompting from the Spirit of God to stand and to withstand. Yeah? And in our journeying, I think sometimes the enemy of our soul would, not sometimes, would all the time want us to keep away from hearing truth, would want us not to be fellowshipping with our brothers and our sisters, yeah? And I don't want any guilt or condemnation to be felt by anybody tonight if you've missed a meeting, because I'm not meaning that. You have to take that up between yourself and God. That's not my business. That's not for me to do. But I do think that the enemy does play a bigger role in our lives than sometimes we realize. Yeah? And sometimes when we, um, not knowingly sometimes, submit to him, we feel the effects of that in one way or another. Yeah? And interestingly, I prepared this very late after my tea tonight. But all through the day, I have felt very, very tired. Not a normal tired. And I thought, oh, I'm going down with something a bit under par. If I wasn't leading tonight's meeting, perhaps I'd have sent a text to Helen. <laughs> no, not Helen, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we've got a little joke going on here. <laughs> um, just to say I'm a bit under par. Yeah. <laughs> but do you get my drift? And I would have had every reason to um, be okay with that because I was under par. I have, I, but I started to realise, hang on a minute, I'm feeling really tired. Anyway, I felt then to come into this, th this word, and I thought, hmm, I could feel more tired. But no, what I felt was a release in the Spirit of God. Yeah? It's very interesting. But what I want to say to you tonight is the enemies, and, and they're called wiles. His methods are very subtle. And they do not necessarily lead you to do sin, yeah? But they will try to undermine you so that you will not build your faith up in that moment. Yeah? They will try to, you know, uh, um, um, the wiles of the enemy will try to halt you and bring you back. And he wants us to be sober. That's the opening bit of, of this, um, this scripture that we read earlier. Um, be sober. Be vigilant. And I got reminded, I started thinking about this yesterday. I went to um, 
as, I, as you know, my job takes me to all places, but I went to a city prayer meeting yesterday morning, which I've been to before. Lorraine and Godfrey used to go. I think you both used to go at one time, didn't you? By, um, Ro Ro Roy Beaumont still leads it. Anyway, he invited me to go yesterday and talk about my work with Safe Families, so I did. And um, had a lovely, lovely time, and then a time of prayer with these um, faithful people. And then afterwards, we were talking, and he said to me, oh, Wendy, you used to do the street ministry, didn't you, with the Rahab team? So I said, yes, I did. Um, I said, and then that folded up. And um, anyway, we got talking about that. And then we got onto something else, and, and I had a memory. I said, oh, I remember one of my first nights going out with the team um, that we if it was appropriate, we would pray for the women on the street. And, and very often, they would want to be prayed for. It was, it, it was, it was a privilege. It was, it was a humbling thing to, to do. And when you knew their stories, etc., etc., God used those times, I believe. And I remember the very first night I went out on the street um, with the team, and a lady came and said to me, would you pray, please? So I prayed, so did the first thing that you always do, closed my eyes and stood there in the middle of Stonehouse praying. Anyway, carried on, did that, had a good time. Had, um, that evening was good. And we always used to go back and debrief because some of the things that we had to listen to and support with were quite um, not everyday things. So we would go back. So... My team leader at the time said, Wendy, when you go out on the street again, don't pray with your eyes shut. <laughs> and I went, I knew it straight away. I started to laugh. I said, oh my goodness. I said, you're absolutely right. Because you see, we did have men that came with us as well and would um, keep an eye on the area. What, what we used to do was, and we were in quite a dangerous position because, you see, to every woman, there were males lurking in the alleys, watching over us, seeing, be sober, be vigilant, have your eyes open, stay alert. I learned, and I remembered. After that, for years, I carried on in that ministry, but I never shut my eyes again when I was praying on the streets because you can pray with your eyes open. But we're, so, you know, if I said to you right away now, let us pray, we'd instantly do this, wouldn't we? <laughs> and so it was, a, but, and it reminded me, and I, and, and I started laughing with Roy, and it, I mean, he was tickled pink by it cause he, because he, he also is a street pastor. So as street pastors, they know that they too need to be vigilant when they're on the streets and, and, and doing the things that they do. So, But it reminded me, yesterday, it came into my mind, this scripture, and I just sort of, um, sort of was thinking about that again. So, Satan as our adversary. Um, the term um, used for him is of one making accusations and pressing charges. And we know that he fills our thought life, don't we, at times, with, um, with accusing thoughts. Um, and whilst we're not to major on his ploys and his strategies, we must understand our opposition. I mean, I'm, you know, Rob's forever watching war things on the, the television and, 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 you know, 
in, in any battle, they've got to understand their opposition, haven't they? They've got to know what they're up against when there's a battle that is raging. Um, sometimes the enemy or demonic attacks can be very subtle and they are sent to wear us down, yeah? Just look around the room tonight, as I've already mentioned, how many, how many of our brothers and sisters aren't here tonight? And every single message was that they're worn down in some way. Different reasons, but worn down. Yeah? So he sets out to... Sometimes it is a more obvious attack. And it's what you call a frontal attack. And they can sometimes be um, read more quickly because they're more obvious. Yeah? Yeah? But nonetheless, he's got methods, he's got strategies. Um, and he's described as this roaring lion. But Peter, as I've already said, gives us two commands, to be sober, to be alert, and meaning don't be caught off guard, don't have your eyes closed. <laughs> Talks about submission, We've, uh, I've already covered that. Um, and we are to submit to God and not the enemy. It doesn't matter how loud that enemy roars. Don't submit to him. Make sure your submission is to God. Believe in the scripture. And this is where we need to be guarding our faith and building our faith muscles. Because you and me will find it very difficult to withstand when we are under attack, if we haven't built our faith muscles, because we withstand with the faith that God has given to us. And it's interesting that Peter talks about this in his, um, in, in his chapters that he's written. And it was Peter that once had a prayer prayed over him by Jesus that his faith would not fail. Yeah? It was the same Peter that had that prayed over his life, that his faith would not fail. Because you see, what, are we, what is the thing that we are to, we, we're called to do? Rob mentioned it on Sunday. I mentioned it last week. I've mentioned it tonight in conversation. What are we to do concerning the methods that the enemy uses against our lives? What are we told to do? We, we've already said we submit. What do we do? We what? Resist. We resist. Yeah? Resisting does not mean we attack the enemy. Now, this is where I believe we need to have some clarity and understanding. Because interestingly, I started to speak this last week, and that came about because I had been in some conversations with some believers, and I was concerned about what they were saying regarding the enemy. Rob, unbeknown to me, because we actually never talk about what the other's going to speak about, and we've always done that, because we want to be led by the Spirit of God and not prompted by one another. So we've never, ever shared what we are going to bring. Um, and praise God, it's been...
been a blessing. Because very often, we're on the same wavelength and we don't even know it. Yeah? So interestingly, Rob picked it up again on Sunday when he brought the word. That we often, when we're in some sort of attack, which we might well recognize, we start rebuking Satan. Yeah? But the word doesn't teach us to rebuke Satan. The word teaches us to rebuke his works. Yeah? But not Satan himself. I believe we get ourselves in trouble when we do that. Sometimes in ignorance. Yeah? But I believe that our God is wanting to so build our faith right now that he is wanting to show this to our hearts. Yeah? I really believe it. Because since Sunday, I've been in two more conversations with believers. And they are saying things that has shown to me that it's not being understood what the scripture means regarding it, yeah? Now, God is gracious and God is kind, and I have been so naive at times in my Christian walk, not understanding. We, we had a conversation the other day um, with somebody, and we, we've said a lot of things we catch. What do I mean by that? We hear it preached, whether it's here or whether it's on the internet or whether it's through a radio program, and we catch something, but we don't always catch truth. Yeah? But sometimes what we've caught, we, we've grabbed onto, and God in his grace, and he is gracious to us, and he loves us, and he keeps us, but he wants to teach us because he wants us to be so grounded in our faith that he can establish us settle us and perfect us and he wants us to be able to resist the onslaught of the enemy's attacks whether that's you know whatever that looks like and like i've just said it can come in in different forms and in different ways yeah That's right. I gave that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And that's what I brought last week. Yeah. Yeah. It's in Revelation. And even, even um, Michael wouldn't, you know, when it came, like Rob already said, Satan, we are not um, in his direct line. He's got bigger fish that he's interested in, not you and me. But there are demonic forces. There are millions and billions of demons that will come against. And so that is good to have in your head as well, because otherwise we think that Satan himself is coming against us. And that is why sometimes we say, I rebuke you, Satan. But actually, we are not taught to do that. And I consider that it will open our hearts up to demonic activity. 
I've seen it. I've seen it in people's lives because of our pastoral ministry. We have set people free from things like that. In ignorance, most times. But the word is here to teach us. I feel sorry tonight that there's not a bigger number here. Not because I want people to hear what I've prepared and brought, but because I believe this truth is something we need to know today. Because I see, unless we appropriate the word of God in the way that the word is meant to be lived and appropriated, and certainly in the area that we're talking about tonight, I believe it leads us into trouble that we could be saving ourselves from. Yeah? Yeah? So, resisting the enemy doesn't mean either that we mock him or belittle him or make light of him. That's, that's interesting, isn't it? I don't mean a respect, and, and that's not the right word. Somebody give me another word if they can think of one. But we have to afford the enemy of our soul the respect that he is like a roaring lion. Respect feels like the wrong word. Um, yeah, because if we try to... Um, think of him as a lesser something. He hasn't got all power, but he's got power. Yeah? And it's recognizing that we need to resist that power and we can only resist the power that comes against us if we have learned how to build ourselves up in the faith. Yeah? Yeah? And we've already covered this one, but resisting does not mean rebuking. It does not mean binding how many prayer meetings I have been in. Not here, because I don't believe we have done that. Where they've tried to bind. Yeah? What do you say, John? You don't stay bound very long. It, 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 in fact, when you do break it down in the light of what Jesus says, it, it brings a smile in the sense of it's so ridiculous. Um, but none of those things are going to defeat the enemy of our soul. Simply resisting is our refusal to submit to the enemy. I also said the other week, we cannot afford in our lives to come into agreement with anything that God hasn't said. Because if we're coming into agreement with something other than what God has said, then it is from the enemy. It's only a kingdom of darkness and a kingdom of light. That is it. And if we sometimes, again, it could be unknowingly, it could be in, in naivety, it simply could be because we do not understand the word, or it could be that we're feeling under par. And when we feel under par, then we are weakened and the enemy can come against. 
Yeah? But we must refuse to submit to him. And even in our weakest of times, we can do that. But what tends to happen, as, as I've talked with others, and I've even done it in my own life at times, is when we feel weakened, we feel we've got to take the enemy on. Get out, go away, I stand against you, I do whatever, don't we? Yet we're feeling as weak as kittens. But we're not asked to do all those things. We're simply, simply, we need to come to God and say, God, I submit to you. I'm feeling rough, this is tough, I'm feeling poorly, I'm feeling, you know, whatever the situation might be, and I'm feeling that everything's coming against me, I'm submitting to you, God. And I read this description um, uh, earlier, that when um, Satan, it, you, you know, th there's no doubt he comes out, he's coming to destroy, he wants to devour, he's hungry, and he comes against whatever that might look like at any time. And as he comes against, and I loved this description that I, I read, then he, he stands against, he's coming against, and God's standing behind. And he's saying, I've got this. I've got this. If we can't do anything else when the storms of life and when a battle camp comes against us, then resist Resist the enemy by saying, I submit to you, God, because I know you got this. I know you got this. I'm believing your truth. I'm not believing lies. I'm not going to come into agreement. In fact, I'd rather shut my mouth than, than come into any sort of agreement with the enemy of my soul. And the best thing we can do is read the word. Find a psalm. Yeah? Find a psalm and say, God, this is how I'm feeling, but I'm submitting to you. Yeah, because I know that whilst the enemy of my soul may be coming against me, you're behind him and you've got my back. Yeah, and you've got this covered. That's the best prayer you can pray. Yeah, that's the best prayer. Submit to God and stand fast in faith. Attacks from the enemy of our soul in God's perspective and the way that he sees us through Jesus is actually all about our faith. Yeah? He wants to undermine our faith. He wants us to not believe. He wants, you know, why is there so many references in the word? And I brought it last week um, about Joshua that, you know, that whole book written as they were right on the edge of Canaan. And all hell broke loose. All the battles commenced. All the, all the, and they were right on the edge. The Israelites had been wandering around that desert for 400 years. They got right to the edge. And not many went in to that promised land. Because they started, you know, they, they fell away. They doubted. They were knocked back. Not believing the word of God. The word of truth. And the enemy still continues to do that with us today. He doesn't want us to be firm in our faith. <laughs> and we said it right at the very beginning. It is trials and sufferings that prove our faith. Yeah? 
zeal and fervor and all those things are amazing and they are wonderful and, 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 and they are needful. But they won't build your faith. Yeah? We can shout our praises from the rooftop when there's a victory and so we should. But for any victory that is truly a victory in your life and in my life has been birthed in the valley of trial and suffering. That's why it's a victory. Yeah? That's why the test becomes a testimony. Yeah? Because God has watched over us encouraged us, built us up, and proved our faith. Yeah. Through the trials and the suffering, and that includes every attack that the enemy brings against us. Behind the opposition of, um, of what Satan is doing, seeking to devour us, is our God, protecting and purifying us. And so, just to sum this up, we are not to make light of Satan or his power. But we're not to attack him, rebuke him, or bind him. The only thing we are taught to do is resist him. Yeah? We're not to submit or surrender to his attacks even though he will pursue us at times like a roaring lion. It's what Rob said, and in the Greek, um, like that boar. I remember our Dave when he was growing up. He used to go out the side of our house, and he'd be hitting the ball against the wall, against the wall. Against, and that's exactly what an attack from the enemy is like in your life. Bang, 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 bang. That's the description of it. That's what it means. Constant bang, bang, bang. Till in the end, just go away. That banging's driving me mad. <laughs> yeah? And that's exactly what it is like. It's an onslaught. We are not to submit or to surrender to his attacks, even though he pursues us like a roaring lion. When we resist, we know we are standing firm in our faith. And it may mean that we need to resist more than once in any given attack, but we keep doing that which God has called us to do. And we can guarantee 100% that God is protecting us and God is keeping us and God is purifying us in spite of he's there, he's there, he's there with us. Also knowing that others suffer at his hand and are standing fast, allowing others to be strengthened. We are not on our own. God is with us, and we've read tonight that Christians all over the world are experiencing the same as we walk through. Yeah? And I loved how when Jesus prayed for Peter back in the story, it's in Luke, he said, when you've come through this, I'm praying that your faith doesn't fail. And, and we know that when the cock crowed three times that Peter did deny his saviour, didn't he? And God knew that. Jesus knew that. But he said, when you come back, 
you will strengthen the brethren. Yeah? Because you will have learned something in that hour. So even when we have failed and we've got it wrong and we've messed up, Jesus will teach us. He will show us. And the only way out of that is repentance. God, I should have listened to you in the first place. I should have heard what you said. But I repent that I didn't. And as that repentance works in us, he says, go on now. Get back in there and strengthen your brothers and your sisters. Walk beside them as they are walking through this struggle, through their time of suffering. And I love that after talking all this about the enemy of our soul, these verses end with the, and I'll read it from, the, um, from this version, end with, to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. You see, God wants to make sure that, that, that we end on that note. To him be the dominion. You know, we, can, we, we talk about an enemy who's a real enemy, but to him be the dominion, to our God, to our Savior, who is ruler and Savior over all. Yeah? And he in this, through every trial, through every situation, through every circumstance, he will bring to us blessing and favor. He will open our eyes to the fact that an enemy is standing against us, but our God is there protecting us and keeping us, and his favor and his goodness will supersede anything that might come against. Now, that doesn't mean that things in our lives, that everything that happens in our lives is the will of God. Sometimes... It's because we live on this earth and there is sin. Yeah? And until Jesus comes again and this world is rolled up, this side of heaven, we will have mysteries, we will have questions. And those are the times we need to guard our heart because it is so easy to blame the enemy. And on the one hand, because of the enemy, there is sin in the world. But it's not going to do us no use. Yeah? By us putting our blame on the enemy, what God says is we, we've got to keep resisting him. Even our thoughts. Yeah? God, I submit to you. I know, I know this world, world is evil. I know this God isn't how you want things to be. God doesn't want the sorrow and the suffering and the pain that is happening in people's lives. God hates that. But he says, even in that, especially in personal circumstances, that we are to submit to God and say to God, God, I don't get it. I don't understand it. But I know that you love me, and I know you're protecting me, and I know you're keeping me. What God is saying is keep your heart pure. Keep your heart pure. Don't let it be tainted by the enemy of your soul. Because you open a door, yeah? And in the opening of that door, you find yourself angry. You find yourself confused. You find yourself railing 
and shouting and screaming and saying, Arr! because we've opened the door. Yeah? And God says, I know that you are hurt and I know you are upset and I know you are feeling this pain. But even, you see, these chapters sum it all up because go back up a little bit and it says, if you're anxious, if you're worried, if you're concerned, if, if, if you've got all of this coming against you, cast your care on me. He's our go-to. He's the one that we go to in the middle of the mystery. Yeah? And I just sense at this time that, that, that God would be praying. He'd, he is praying over us. Isn't that lovely? That our faith will not fail. I don't believe he prays things over us like sort that relationship out, get them a job, give them what they... I don't think Jesus prays prayers like that. We do. Jesus prays prayers like, I pray that their faith will not fail. I pray that they will be strengthened in their inner man. I pray that as they walk this, they will know my joy. And I, I can't ever help but when I think about things like that and the prophecy, I can't ever help but think of Samuel. And the suffering and the pain that he walked through. Yet he penned that prophecy for us all. And for a couple of months now, and Rob again made reference to it, I'm finding it interesting, the challenge. It, does it mean that prophecy isn't, you know, because the prophecy speaks about the joy of the Lord. It speaks about the word having, um, you know, having its way in us. It talks about exuberance. It talks about abundance. It, it talks about all the lovely, lovely, lovely things. And they are all lovely. But they're not without challenge. That God might perfect us, settle us, yeah? And strengthen our hearts. We will walk through trials this side of heaven, yeah? And when we're in a trial, be vigilant and be sober. Because the enemy of your soul wants, wants to make that trial so much greater, so much bigger, so much harder. Yeah? That's what you want to think about. When you are feeling that way, that this is insurmountable, so big, so great, so hard, then first of all, think to yourself, should I be resisting the enemy in this? It may not go away still, because the reality is the trial is hard and is difficult. God brings blessing and God brings favor in the trial. He brings strength in the trial. Yeah? Question yourself and, and, and come before God if you feel that your strength has been robbed. And it's not just an ordinary, I feel a bit tired today. That's natural. You know, you've worked a full day and you feel tired. You've got a lot going on. And you feel tired. Some of that is natural tiredness. But recognize when I had a text message tonight from somebody. 
I'm unable to come in because I'm just feeling super, super tired. That wasn't ordinary tiredness. That was super, super tiredness. There's a difference. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And that's sometimes where our thoughts need then to come back in line. And, and you know, I'm not saying anything I haven't done. I ain't supersonic saying, ask Rob, he lives with me. <laughs> but there's a learning in this that we need to, um, you know, this side of heaven, God wants to equip us. That's the role of leaders, to equip the saints. And you've got your own role in it as well, your own responsibility. But that's where I'm sensing in my spirit. And um, interestingly, I do think that people have been nudged tonight not to be here by somebody who's not wanted them to be here. Because, you see, I believe as we, um, as we receive this word and... and and hear what the Spirit is saying to our hearts, it's got the potential to transform us. Does it mean that my situation will go away or it will change things? No, I haven't once said that. Not once. I've lived long enough to know that it's not always going to be that way. But it has the pot potential to transform me. Yeah, it has the potential to make me a different person. That in spite of, I can be filled with the joy that Samuel talked about. He penned that prophecy, an ill man, a poorly man, a suffering man. Yeah, the potential is all there. What he didn't add in was you might have to walk through a few trials Sister, he used to call me that. Sister, you might have to go through a two trials to get there. But that's the truth. That's the truth. Rob.